Hi, everybody, and welcome to our final session in our study of the purpose, practice, and power of prayer. In our last session, we talked about persistence in prayer. And I know that some of you have been asking, seeking, and knocking for a long time for lots of things. It could be relational, it could be something with your health, your business, your kids, your marriage. Some of you have been asking, seeking, and knocking for a long time. So I want to talk about a difficult question. What do you do when God says no? You see, God answers every prayer, but sometimes His answer is wait. And sometimes His answer is no. When it seems that God has not answered your prayer, when it seems like God isn't even listening, like your prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling, what are you supposed to do? We think he isn't listening because he hasn't done things the way we wanted him to or the way we might expect him to. But just because God has not obeyed me doesn't mean that he is not paying attention. So what do we say when God says no? What are you left to believe when children die? Or when your health fails? Or when a spouse walks out the door? Or your business goes upside down? When a dream turns into a nightmare, what are we left to believe? Is this whole faith thing a hoax? Is God teasing us? Is he being cruel? Is God a liar? Is he playing games? Is he mad at me? Have I done something wrong and maybe that's why he's not answering my prayers? That becomes a test of my trust and my faith. Will I truly trust God in that test? Will I truly believe that he knows what is best? There's a couple pictures of in, in Scripture, of God saying no, that I want to park in for a moment to see what we can learn. First, consider the life of Job. We read about Job in the Old Testament. Here's a man the Bible describes as blameless and upright, who feared the Lord and stayed away from evil. He was also one of the wealthiest men in the world. And the Bible says that he prayed for his family every day. But in one day, Job lost everything. He lost his health. He lost his wealth. All of his servants were murdered by terrorists. And all of his wealth was stolen. All of his children were killed when a building collapsed on them. He lost all of that, everything, in one day. This man who was living a righteous life lost it all. Even his wife said to him, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? You know, growing up in church, I've heard so many sermons about Job's wife. People judging her, wagging their finger at her. Listen, I get her. Those were her kids. That was her house. That was her wealth. That's her husband. I get it. I understand why she would say, I'm just giving up. I understand that. 
And my heart goes out to Job's wife. I'm not saying I agree with her, but I don't see her as a bad person. She's a broken woman. She was absolutely devastated. And yet the Bible tells us that Job was stubborn in his faith and that he surrendered to the sovereignty of God. It says, Job fell to the ground in worship. Note, he fell to the ground in worship, not in cursing. He fell to the ground in worship and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Listen to this. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. And the Bible says, in all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. And consider the prayer life of Jesus. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's about to go to the cross, and he is so afraid that he's sweating blood. Jesus understands our weaknesses and our fears. He is sweating blood. He doesn't want to go through with this. He knows what he's about to experience, and he doesn't want to go there. And he's begging God to deliver him. He's saying, Father, isn't there some other way? Look at what he says. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Don't make me do this. If you're willing, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus practiced what he preached. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And here he prayed, not my will, but your will. And the Father did not do what Jesus asked him to do. And look at the next verse. It says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Notice the angel didn't deliver him. It says the angel strengthened him to keep going. Think about this. In human terms, God did not answer Jesus' prayer. And even on the cross, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the only time in all of Scripture where Jesus feels as though God is absent. My God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? And isn't that how we feel sometimes when God doesn't answer our prayer the way we want Him to? We think He's forsaken us. We think He has abandoned us. Isn't that what we're saying when we wonder, why? Why are you not answering my prayer? Why did you let this happen? Don't you see what this is doing to me? Don't you care? God, where are you? But the Father had a higher purpose in mind when he told Jesus no. It was the purpose for which Jesus came the purpose for which he was born, the purpose for which he lived all of his life. It was the purpose to which Jesus surrendered when he said, nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. And we have to remember that those words 
Why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? Those were not Jesus' final words. His final words, his last words on the cross, his last words before he died were his greatest statement of faith to a God who said no. Jesus said, Father, you who have abandoned me, Father, you who don't seem to be here right now, Father, you who I cannot see or feel or hear, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It's Jesus' ultimate statement of faith. Now think about this. Jesus, the Son of God, understands what it feels like to pray to a God who says no. He gets it. He knows the pain. He knows your heartache. He knows your confusion. He knows what it's like when God doesn't answer your prayer the way you hoped he would. He knows how that feels. And that is the wonder of the incarnation, that Jesus in his humanity understands what it's like to pray to a heavenly Father who doesn't even seem to be there and who says no. He gets it. But in his ultimate statement of faith, he says, nevertheless, in spite of how everything looks right now, I'm placing myself into your hands. Into your hands I commit my spirit, he says. And get this. God's no to Jesus was a resounding yes to all the rest of us. God's no to Jesus was a resounding yes to the rest of us because God had a bigger plan in mind. We may not understand why he says no, but when he says no to you, sometimes he might be saying yes to somebody else. The question is, will I trust him? You see, ultimately, prayer is about faith, and faith, listen, faith is about who. It's not about what. Faith is about a person. It's not about an outcome. It's about who, because I don't always know what to believe. I don't even know what to ask for. But I know who I'm talking to. And I have to understand who this God is who loves me. And that's why I must be a person of the word. Jesus understands what it's like to pray to a God who says no. So when you cannot understand the Father's hand, you have to trust the Father's heart and believe that he knows what is best, that he wants what is best, and that he ultimately is going to do what is best. Job's words were prophetic about Jesus. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Those were prophetic of Jesus. We have to trust God. Listen, we have to trust God enough to let him fail. 
And you say, well, that's not possible. God can't fail. And that's exactly my point. He cannot fail. Therefore, we must trust God enough to let him succeed. But to let him succeed on his terms and the way he knows is best. Not the way we think would be best. But to trust him enough to let him succeed on his terms, not on our terms. We make our case before the throne of God, but we surrender the outcome, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. We trust him to succeed even when he tells us no. And that's what he's looking for, the character of Christ in us. The character of Christ who knew what it was like to pray to a God who said no, but who said, nevertheless, your will be done. Nevertheless, into your hands I commit my spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8.28, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. In all things, that includes the things that God says no to. He works for the good of those who love him. In all things, not just some things, not just the happy things, but all things, even in the no things. He works for the good of those who love him. And nothing, the Bible says, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so, we pray to the one who alone is able to keep us from falling. We pray to the one who is able to complete what he has started in us. We pray to the one who has a purpose and a plan for our lives. We pray to the God who cares more about every detail of your life than even you do. We pray to the God of peace. We pray to the God of hope. We pray to the God of comfort. We pray to the God of compassion, trusting that out of his, of his very nature and character, he will hear and respond in the way that he knows is best because ultimately, the ultimate aim of prayer is the glory of God. All of our requests made in the context of surrender, not my will but yours be done, and all of that surrender ultimately for the glory of God and the earth. That's what prayer is about. And God invites us to pray. He asks us to pray. He commands us to pray. And he expects us to pray. He teaches us to pray. He waits for us to pray. And we can pray without fear because we're praying to a God who loves us and who wants what is best for us. We're praying to a person who will work all things for our good because we love him. Do you love him? If you love him, then pray. In fact, I want us to do that as I close this session. I want to lead you in a method of prayer that maybe some of you have done with me before. But it's a way I like to pray often, where I pray with my hands. Now, you don't raise them way up high over your head. This kind of prayer is sort of an, an outward sign of, of an inward surrender. It's a sign on the outside of what I'm doing on the inside. And so what I'll do is 
I'll just come to the Lord with my hands open, right in front of me, maybe even in my lap, but they're open. And it symbolizes that I am presenting my requests to God. I just sort of see them in my, my mind's eye. My, my requests are, are right here in my hands. My kids, my job, my bank account, my health, whatever it is, I just sort of see it in my hands and I'm bringing it to God like, like a kid bringing a, a broken toy. And I'll present my request to God. I'll tell him all about it. I name names. I give him all the details. And then I turn my palms down. And it symbolizes, Lord, I'm letting go. It's yours. I brought it to you. Here you go. I'm letting go. I'm surrendering it. And then I turn my palms up again to receive God's grace, to receive his provision, and whatever answer he has for me, and to say, Lord, now that I have emptied my hands of what was going on in my life, what can I do for you with these hands? So I want to lead us in a moment of prayer, and I invite you just to close your eyes, bow your heads. You don't have to say anything out loud. And if you're comfortable with it, open your hands up. And as I pray, you can just let my words be your prayer, all right? So, so with your palms open in front of you, as I pray, you can just say these words in your own heart and mind. Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. And I want to start by saying thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for love. Thank you for your faithfulness that has brought me this far. Lord, I thank you for everything you've given to me. And I thank you for everything that you have withheld. I trust your wisdom. And Lord, as I come to you today with my hands open, I'm bringing my life to you before your throne. Lord, I bring you my strengths and my weaknesses. I bring you my hopes and my fears. I bring you my successes and my failures. Lord, I'm bringing you my dreams and my nightmares. And you know there are certain things today that are on my mind, things I'm very concerned about, even worried about, and I just want to tell you about them right now. So Lord, in my hands now, I place these things. So now in the, in the quiet of your own prayer, go ahead and tell him what's in your hands. Your kids, your spouse, your home, your health, your parents. Just tell him what's in your hands that you're bringing to him. Let's take just a few seconds and do this. And now turn your palms down. And in your heart, just say this. Now, Father, 
I release all of these things into your hands. I'm just, I'm just leaving them right here in your lap of grace. I surrender to you. I pray, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in all of these areas, on earth as it is in heaven. I surrender it to you. Now just let go. Let go. And turn your palms up. And say, Father, now that my hands are empty, I receive from you everything that your grace will afford today. I receive strength from my weaknesses. I receive health from my body. I receive hope from my future. Lord, I receive peace from my fears. I receive provision from my needs. I receive wisdom from my confusion. Lord, I receive the forgiveness of my sins. And I receive grace to forgive those who sin against me. And I thank you. By faith, I receive from you whatever it is you want to give me. Lord, let your will be done. And while my hands are open before you, Lord, I just want to say, my hands are yours. What can I do for you? How can I serve you today with these hands? Whose life can I touch? What difference can I make for your kingdom? Lord, I pray that you will use my life today to bring glory to your name. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Feel better? You know, you can do this every day. Just simply come to the Lord, present your requests. He asks you to, he invites you to, he's waiting for you to do this. Whatever it is that's on your heart, and remember, it doesn't have to be fancy words. Sometimes you can't even put it into words. But just remember this one last thing. What God wants most from you in prayer is you. Well, thanks again for joining me for this study. I hope you have a wonderful discussion time. God bless you, friends.